0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Today is Tuesday, October thirty first. It's Halloween on two thousand seventeen. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and this is our morning jumpstart. So, want to just run a couple things by you real quick. First of all, want to continue the "What will you" or actually "What have you played" conversation, and uh, last, and that's part of what I want to talk about. So, last night we started well we attempted to start a campaign with uh dragon which is the newest deck building co-op uh game from catalyst game labs and what we discovered is it's still very very hard so we had played the beginner you know the quick start adventure to try and get our feet wet with it and we had tried to start into the campaigns and it turns out it, it was impossible. <laughs> we, we just got destroyed so fast. Uh, the first scene of the encounter, or, or the first scene of the adventure, these encounters came out and just started thrashing us relentlessly. And we barely made it through the first scene. And by the time we started the second scene, we realized there was so much in front of us. We were just going to die. So after that, we decided, all right, let's play something different. And we ended up playing professor evil and the citadel of time i've done a review of this over on that's how i roll just go and uh, scroll through your itunes app or whatever podcast app you use you can find my review there but we um there's been a few tweaks to the rules and something got missed there and we actually kind of just walked through the game now the game is great and the game is a lot of fun but there was uh A vital rule tweak that we did not play with that would have made it much more challenging although I still feel like we would have had a fighting chance so the question I want to ask you today and hopefully you'll call in and we can discuss this or you can comment or tweet at us or email us or all of those things but the question I want to ask you is how hard is too hard for a co-op game do you want something that is just going to relentlessly destroy you or do you want something where you feel like hey i'm just gonna have a fun time with this and we're probably gonna win or is somewhere right in the middle more your cup of tea because dragon fire is ridiculously popular and a lot of people are really enjoying it but uh, man it it just—it seems like there's so so much of a time investment before your characters level up to the point where you can actually start to enjoy the game and not be thoroughly demoralizingly defeated by it. So, uh, want to get that conversation going? Like I said, you can call in here on the Anchor app, or you can tweet at us at Theology of Games at Board Games Daily. Find us on Facebook at uh, Theology of games, um, and you can also email us TheologyofGames at gmail.com Let us know what you think Let's talk about co-ops and what is the appropriate difficulty level for them I'm Jeremiah Isley Stay tuned for more from Board Games FM today and like I said, we're always powered by TheologyofGames.com
1: Hey there, everybody. This is Board Games FM powered by Theology of Games, and this is AJ. I'm going to piggyback this morning on Jeremiah's conversation that he began about how hard is too hard for co ops. Last night, I was one of the unfortunate souls invested in Dragonfire, which uh, I really, really liked Dragonfire, the first time we played it in the Quick Start campaign. Um, and we did get beat, but I think we got about five rounds into it, and that was okay. Um, And we knew it was hard then, but when we got into the campaign and we were not able to even get out of the first scene without two of us being stunned, Uh, actually, I was unconscious, my character was unconscious, Um, that was just tough. It was really tough, knowing that we had spent a lot of time setting up the game, setting up the adventure, digging into the campaign portion of the rules, and then just to have um, you know 30 minutes of frustration and there was no feeling of reward we didn't even you know we didn't even get into get to invest into the game at all that was pretty disappointing and you know we went ahead and looked at some forums of some other people who played the game and nobody's beating that first adventure with their regular characters with the characters the way they come into the game Uh, many people went back and just played the quick start several times so that they could gain experience and level up their characters and even then they had difficulty so, um, yeah, it was it was kind of a bummer, but um, you know, there again, there's a lot of people who like the game, so there must be some promise to it. Uh, I think Firestone really enjoys the game, so he might want to weigh in on it as well. Uh, but as far as other games and the level of difficulty, I feel like um, games should always have co-op games should always have a way to mitigate the difficulty or to to create the challenge on your own and. Uh, we see that in games like Pandemic has, has a variant. Not a variant, but you can put how many, I think it's, I can't even remember, it's been so long since i played Pandemic. Is it Outbreak cards? Or, not Outbreak, um, Epidemic cards, I think, you can put into the Location deck. Um, and there's other games that have that same philosophy, uh, just mix in more of those difficult things into the Encounter deck, if you will. I know Defenders of the Realm has that. I think um, Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island is the same thing. So I like a game that you have the ability to change the difficulty level. And I think that's super important. That way you can have a feeling of success your first time going in. Even if you don't win. If you play it on that easy level, um, you'll at least have a good idea and you'll probably come close to winning the game to where you say, I want to play it again, let's beat it on easy and then let's make it more tough. Uh, one of my favorite games is Defenders of the Realm. I just mentioned it. Um, that game has so many different ways that you can change the level of difficulty. With the dragon expansion, you have different variants of what generals you can use to come in and uh, battle you. If you wanna add all four dragons, go ahead and do it. You're gonna get your butt handed to you, but um, you know it's a great challenge. Uh, if you rather just have two of the dragons and then two of the regular generals, great. You can also um, change the encounter deck too, like I've already talked about, where you can uh, make things easier and more difficult based upon what you put in the encounter deck. Uh, you can change what you get in your hero deck, those are the cards you use to make your game easier or harder. If you add more things to help you, obviously your game gets easier. So I believe a co-op needs to have choices. You need to be able to uh, increase that difficulty level on your own. So. Um, I guess with that said, that's my two cents on co op games. Uh, let's continue the conversation. Co ops are my favorite. I'd love to hear what you guys think. So, as always, check us out at Theology of Games. Check you later.
2: Hey, it's Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Wanted to weigh in on the co op discussion from this morning about the difficulty of co ops. And I kind of look at this uh, in two ways. Co-ops for me have been a great gateway game, a way to get people into the hobby. And so things like Pandemic, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Island, those are just difficult enough to be, uh, you know, a slight challenge for people, and certainly mechanically interesting enough to get people to go. That was a lot of fun. And the fact that they're cooperative is great because you're, you're working together and. Everyone's going to win or everyone's going to lose. And even if you lose, it's kind of a feeling of, oh, we were all in that together and wasn't that fun. So I think those have a place, the easier cooperative games. But um, I'm not really a fan of just going, okay, now let's just keep increasing the difficulty by adding more epidemics. That feels, I don't know, artificial to me in a way. And so I guess I prefer games that are more naturally challenging in that sense. I wouldn't bring out Dragonfire with a brand new... Non gamer, but I'll certainly bring out Forbidden Desert, and they serve two different purposes for me. In my game group, we're just not going to play Forbidden Desert, but we're going to play Dragonfire because it's challenging while still giving us that great feeling of working together. So, uh, I I mentioned Ghost Stories, it's a, uh, a great game that's incredibly difficult. Every single time we've played this, it has been a challenge, it has been nail biting barely winning on the last kind of turn and always feeling like we're about to lose, we're about to lose, and, and somehow you're able to keep that going for, for turn after turn after turn. I'm about to lose, we're about to lose, and you don't. And sometimes, maybe one out of every four, maybe one out of every two, you're able to actually win and overcome that, and it is such a feeling of accomplishment to know that you held them off long enough to be able to win, and it, it feels great, and I love that challenge. So Dragonfire is certainly challenging, and um, it's sometimes it's just the luck of the draw that, that makes it extra challenging. On our very first game, the very first turn, one of the players got a location, and that is just brutal, because that location pulls them away from their... It splits the party, essentially, and so they can't help you with your encounters, and you can't help them unless you actually go to their location. But then if you do that, you're not able to help other people with their encounters, and so... Basically, it just, if you get a location early, it just creates a death spiral and um, you're in trouble. So, that was a luck of the draw kind of thing, but I've enjoyed how difficult Dragonfire is. Despite the fact that we haven't won a single time, I've never felt like, oh, I'm kind of done, done with this. Because you're, you're winning incremental battles that give you a little bit of experience points to buy a few tiny little things... They really don't seem like they're going to make a huge difference, but it might just be enough for you to win the next game. So I love that challenge. I love that you know this has gotten slightly easier, and you know you feel like you're you're actually gathering experience. Like you're in a party, and you got a little better at doing this thing. And next time you face those guys, you'll be a little better at it. And I've just enjoyed that experience. And so I'm fine with uh, easier co-ops to bring newbies into the. Hobby, and then I'm fine with the challenging ones like Ghost Stories and Dragonfire, that are maybe for people who you've brought into the hobby and are ready for the next challenge. But certainly in my gaming group, those are the ones that are rising to the top. We're playing Ghost Stories often. We're playing um, uh, Dragonfire often, and so they serve two different purposes for me. And I love a challenge, and I love getting my butt kicked. I'm I go back for more. So anyway, let's continue this discussion. Thanks for uh, bringing it up, Jeremiah and AJ. I love talking games, and I love talking challenging co-ops, and let's keep it going. Have a great day.
3: Hey, Board Games FM. This is Torsten Kipton from the Be Afraid podcast. So how hard should a co-op game be? I just played a game of D&D where we were level one or level two. Yeah, level two last session and were swamped. Any character with the sword was liable to kill us. And we were heavily armed, so I had not min-maxed my character. And that, I think, is the important thing. If the players have not min-maxed their character, but set them them up in a way, uh, and they're playing in such a way that they are making some creative choices that represent them, as well as just some practicality, they should have around 75% chance of winning. That seems fun to me. Having the ability to lose and have consequences for poor choices is
0: just as important
3: as uh, being able to win by good choices.
0: Hey, everyone. Jeremiah here. Wanted to respond to both uh, Scott and Dorson who called in. Thanks for calling in, Dorson, by the way. We really appreciate what you've added to our conversation, and I'll get to that in just a second. Wanted to uh, respond to what Scott Firestone said first. And I think, I think what Scott was leaving out there is yes, there are fairly easy co-op games, Forbidden Desert Forbidden Island and so on, and there are very difficult ones, Dragon Fire, which is kind of what sparked this conversation. Uh, get it sparked, uh, but I think what's being left out there are like the really good ones that are meaty. <laughs> um, for instance, uh, Burgle Brothers, or I don't know, Lord of the Rings, the card game, which is top three in my all-time game list. Like that game is so incredibly well designed. There's so much room for creativity. There's so much room for me to end up making in, in making decisions that give myself a chance to win or lose the game as well as my friends so the decisions that I make have an impact on the outcome of the game and instead of just being smothered from the get-go I think that was my problem with Dragonfire last night was everything that I've started reading is oh well if you play the beginner mission the quick start mission uh, quest three or four times then you start to level up and then you can start playing the game well I I bought the game. I spent, you know, $60 or whatever it was on the game. Isn't that enough for me to start playing the game? Uh, (laughs) I just, I don't understand that barrier of entry being so massive to get into the game. Why do I have to start by working through this drudgery just to hopefully level up a little bit so that I can start playing the game and start making decisions that affect the outcome. And that's where Dorsen's uh, point comes in. Uh, There should be room for us to make creative decisions that affect the outcome of a game. And uh, I spent a lot of time talking with Daniel Hadlock uh, who's the president of Tasty Minstrel Games while I was at Gen Con. And one of the things he told me about games is his favorite kind of game is a game that makes him feel clever. Now, I think I think that's true for a lot of people, even if they can't necessarily articulate that so astutely. But we all like games that make us feel like, oh, I did this and I made some really cool decisions and I comboed up something and and... That affected the game. That gave me a better chance at winning the game. Even if I didn't win the game, I had a shot at it. And instead of just, hey, take some time, sort some cards out, everybody get a character, everybody uh, get their resources and their starting cards, set up the marketplace. Okay, now put it all away because you've just lost. Um, <laughs> there's, There's got to be room for, man, I, I need to do something here. And I think if I do this, I've got a pretty good chance at winning this game or at least surviving a little longer. And for us last night, Dragonfire was not that. It was, hey, just, just put it all away now because you're done. And maybe you can try again later if you go put on your training wheels and come back after a while. So I think Dorson is right on. I think that decisions should affect the outcome of the game, both good and bad. And if there's not room for that, then I, I just I I question why that is. And maybe somebody can explain that to me. I don't know why I have to start off on a game and spend so much time just to get into the first campaign quest. Not just, uh, you know, like, oh, just play this quick start and then go. Like, there's a lot of time that has to be invested if you want to have a fighting chance in that first quest. Anyway, thanks again, Dorson, for calling in. Really appreciate your thoughts. We want to hear of everyone else's thoughts. Do you think I'm off? Do you think Firestone's off? Where do you guys come come in on this? Call in, tweet us, email us. You can find us at theologyofgames.com and use that contact button there. For Board Games FM, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and we are, like I said, we're always powered by TheologyofGames.com. We'll see you next time.